0: Kindle Love Stories is excited to share an audio clip of Michelle A. Valentine's new release, Wicked Love, out today. Listen now and get your copy. Chapter 1. Avery While the moonlight dances off the shiny red paint of his tricked-out sports car, my blood boils, turning my face the same shade as his car. How could he? And with Charity Bidwell, of all people, reality hits hard that I'm being cheated on. It smacks me right in my face. There's no denying it this time. My first instinct is to burst out in tears like a little girl whose puppy was just run over, but I can't do that. Not with my sorority sister, Sasha, sitting in the driver's seat. She'd never let me live it down. I'm supposed to be tough, I'm Kappa Kappa Gamma for crying out loud. I can't allow a jerk like Chance Murphy to make me the laughingstock of Ohio State's campus, just as I'm finally accepted into the Greek life. Well, Avery, Sasha smirks with her, I told you so face. What are you going to do about that? Yeah, Avery, are you going to let him get away with that shit? Rosemary, another one of my sisters, chimes in from the back seat while checking her makeup in the rearview mirror. They want action. They came with me tonight just to get firsthand gossip. So I have to give people something to talk about. Something that'll make the rest of the sorority forget the fact that Chance was in Highland Cinema, sucking face with charity, making me look like a pathetic loser in the process. The muscles in my neck tense at the thought of people laughing at me on Monday morning. So I push my fingers into the tight flesh on the back of my neck and sigh. I close my eyes trying to plan my move. And the only thing I can think of is revenge. I wanna hurt him the way he has hurt me. My eyes snap open as my plan unfolds in my brain. The one thing Chance loves is that car, that pretty red sports car that's mocking me with its presence, the one that's sitting all alone at the far end of the parking lot and begging for punishment. Pop your trunk, I order Sasha. With lightning quick speed, I fling open the car door and hop out of the car. Behind me, Sasha and Rosemary giggle as they exit the car and make their way over to me while I riffle through Sasha's trunk. My heart pounds in my chest as the image of what I'm about to do to that car replays over and over in my brain. What are you looking for? Sasha quizzes as she flicks her long brown hair over her shoulder and studies my movements. My hand lands on cold hard steel and I pull it out of the trunk for a better look. This, what the hell is that? Rosemary asks as she leans in for a closer look. Her green eyes dancing with excitement as her ruby red lips twist in confusion. The laugh that escapes my mouth startles me a little because it doesn't even sound like me. It has the ring of someone thinking very dark and menacing things, not feeling heartbroken like I really feel now. I'm pretty sure this is a sign that I'm losing my mind, but it's too late to turn back now. These girls will never let me live it down if I don't take some kind of action. It's a crowbar, Sasha smiles, clearly pleased with my revenge plot. Nice. Rosemary, on the other hand, still seems confused by the wicked plan going on in my mind. Wait a minute, Avery. You can't possibly use that on them. I roll my eyes and slam the trunk lid. Rosemary, it's not to hurt them with. Rosemary scrunches her face. For being the so-called brains of our group, she isn't always the brightest crayon in the box. Our little secret society really needs to adjust what they view as brilliance and stop giving so much credit to girls who sleep their way onto the dean's list. I take off toward the bright red show of money that's shining under the glow of the street lamps, planning to reciprocate the pain I feel. The steel now feels warm in my grip. After taking some of the built-up heat from my sweaty palm, nearly matching my body temperature, This is the last time I'll allow myself to be hurt like this. I'm sick of men treating me like something they can use, then toss away. I stop in front of the red Camaro and zero in on the headlights as I raise the crowbar above my head. What in the hell do you think you're doing? A deep voice asks from behind me, halting me instantly in my tracks. I spin around and my eyes land on possibly the hottest guy I've ever seen. My mouth falls agape as the stranger, who doesn't appear to be much older than me, stares at me through narrowed eyes. I swallow hard as I take in the tattoos covering both of his bulging forearms, and snaking up the exposed skin on his chest that's visible through the V-neck of his white T-shirt, his blonde hair a bit on the longish side swoops across his forehead, creating a frame to show off his light blue eyes, while the five o'clock shadow he's sporting on his chiseled jaw gives him a rugged edge. This guy is absolutely gorgeous, in that badass, I'll break your heart after I've melted your panties kind of way. But there's something lingering in his eyes that makes him seem like he could be sweet, even though his outward appearance screams trouble. As gorgeous as he may be, my first instinct is to tell him to piss off and to mind his own damn business. But the expression on his face lets me know that it probably won't fly well with him. He doesn't look like the type of guy that does well with someone trying to push him around. So I decide the truth might be the best bet in this situation. It's not like what I'm about to do isn't totally obvious. I'm about to smash my lying, cheating boyfriend's headlights in. And if you don't mind, I would like to get back to it before he comes out here and catches me. Tattooed hottie quirks one of his eyebrows, and his lips twist into an amused expression. Brutal honesty. I like it. It's just a shame to fuck up such a beautiful ride. But it sounds like this douchebag has it coming if he's cheating on a smoking chick like you. By all means. He flips his hand over, palm out. Please, continue. Thank you, I say, and then turn my attention back to the car, completely delighted to get back to taking my rage out on Chance's car. I raise my hands back in the air, gripping the steel tightly. The stares of all the witnesses weigh down on me. What I'm about to do is a crime. And- now I'm having second thoughts about going through with wrecking his car. Sasha and Rosemary are supposed to be my friends, but I know they only hang out with me out of obligation. It wouldn't take much convincing for them to rat me out. If I get caught, I could get into a lot of trouble for this. And is it really worth it? Is chance worth it? The short answer to that is no. And as much as I want to save my budding reputation, I can't stand the thought of disappointing my father, the one person who believes in me the most in this world. I lower my hands, allowing the crowbar to hang at my side. What are you doing, Avery? Come on, we came here for a show, Sasha complains. I turn around and face her and then shrug. I can't do it. She rolls her eyes and then turns toward Rosemary. God, she's such a loser. I told you guys that she wasn't Kappa Kappa material. Let's get out of here. I open my mouth to fire back a snippy rebuttal, but I don't get a chance. Both girls turn on their heels and rush back to Sasha's car. The engine fires up once they are inside, and soon all I see is the taillights of the little black Porsche we all came here together in. I stand there watching my ride leave me behind, with a crowbar in my hands, in the parking lot with a complete stranger, alone. To make matters worse, my purse is in Sasha's car, so I'm stuck here with no phone and no money. How in the hell am I supposed to get back to the house now? My shoulders slump as I glance around the dark parking lot. I can't believe they left me here. Some best friends they are. Nice friends. As if Hottie McCotterson wasn't already reading my mind, he adds, looks like you need a ride. I spin around on my heel to face him. That's generous of you, but I don't get into cars with strangers. Just assholes and bitches then, he asks mildly amused. Excuse me? I snap. He shrugs. I was just stating the obvious fact that you are a poor judge of character. You won't accept a ride from a good Samaritan, but you'll date a guy that treats you like shit and be friends with girls who leave you stranded in a dark parking lot with a man you don't know. Like I said, poor judge of character. You know what? Screw you, buddy. I don't like the way this guy is able to call me out within five minutes of meeting me, no matter if what he's saying is true or not. I'm not the one screwed here, sweetheart. Ugh, This guy is infuriating and could use a dose of manners. You really need to work on your people skills. That's not how you talk to people. He chuckles. I don't seem to be the one with poor people skills. I'm not the one stranded, remember? Just because you have a car doesn't mean people don't think you're an asshole. I fire back frustrated with this entire situation and the fact that my still being here puts me at risk of chance coming out and discovering me, I decide it's time to end this argument. I stalk past Mr. Tattoo without saying another word. I wouldn't go that way if I were you. It's not exactly safe, he calls to me. That halts me in my tracks. Well, I'm not exactly a wuss. I'm not the strongest girl in town either. I pride myself on being more of a runner to keep in shape versus someone who uses weights. Come on, he says with a smile. I promise that I'm a perfect gentleman. While I know accepting a ride from this guy is absolutely one of the worst ideas I've ever had, my only other option is to wait for chance and explain what I'm doing here and ride in a car with him and Charity. No fucking thank you. I would rather take my chances with the rough part of town, or even worse, with a beautiful tattooed stranger who seems willing to help. Fine, I huff. I'll go with you, but I'm keeping the crowbar. If you try anything with me, I swear I won't think twice before I beat you to a pulp with it. Nothing will happen to you, scouts honor. He smirks and holds up three fingers. Come on, I'm just over here. He turns and heads in the direction of a beat-up old pickup truck that's covered in mud. Without another word of protest, I trail behind him, squeezing the crowbar in my hands. I have to admit, this isn't the smartest thing I've ever done. But I'm desperate to get out of here, and desperate people do crazy things. The old rusted door creaks on its hinges when he opens it, and then he stretches out his hand toward me. It's kind of a high step. I'll help you in. I hesitate and stare down at his hand, unsure if I'm willing to loosen the death grip both of my hands have on the piece of steel. He notices my hesitation and nods. Look, I know we're strangers, but I promise you I'm not some weird psychopath. You can trust me. I raise my brows. Trust you? I don't even know your name, and I'm supposed to trust you? Tattooed haughty grimaces. My bad. I thought I introduced myself. He turns his right hand over for the customary handshake. I'm Tyler Mercer. My right hand releases the bar and I take his hand. The minute his warm skin touches mine, tingles shoot over me. In some strange way, I instantly feel connected to this guy and become a little more at ease. Avery Jensen. A smile passes over Tyler's face. It's nice to meet you, Avery. Now hop your ass in the truck so I can take you home. I nod, and then slide into the truck with Tyler's help. Once he closes me inside, I notice how clean the truck is. It's not what I expected, judging from the dirty outside of the vehicle. When Tyler slides into the driver's seat, he fires up the truck before turning to me. Where to? Ohio State campus. No, wait. The thought of facing my sorority sisters after this botched attempt at revenge isn't something I feel like doing tonight. I need to go somewhere I feel safe, and right now only one place comes to mind. Can you take me home to New Albany? I ask him. I don't feel like showing my face at the sorority house. He stares at me for a brief moment and then nods. Sure thing. Tyler pulls onto the road and heads toward the freeway. So those girls who were with you, they're your sorority sisters? I sigh. Yes. So what are you studying? I haven't declared a major. His gaze flicks to me. Don't most people in college have a specific thing to study? I shrug. I don't really know what I want to be yet. Tyler nods. Fair enough. That's the main reason I didn't go to college. Figured it would be a waste of money if I took classes with no real goal. My dad doesn't really see it that way. Education is a big deal for him. We exit the freeway and then I direct Tyler through the city streets to my house. He pulls up in front of the two-story brick colonial. It's odd there's not one single light on. This late in the evening, I was sure dad would be home. But there's not even a porch light on outside. Given all the things that have been going on with my family lately, dad usually doesn't leave the house much. Wow. Tyler says as he stares at my house. Your house is amazing. It's like a mansion or something. That's the reaction a lot of people have when they see my family's home. It's the biggest house in this upscale neighborhood. But what people don't know is it's also a representation of a life that I'll no longer be living before long. Well, thanks for the ride. I open the door and hop out, but before I close the door... I turn and add, maybe I'll see you around. His face lights up, hopefully. Take care, crowbar. I shake my head and roll my eyes as I shut the door and head up the sidewalk toward the house. Tyler's truck roars to life as he drives away. Even though this started off as a completely shitty night, meeting Tyler definitely made things a lot better. He was nice eye candy to have in front of me to take my mind off chance. It's just too bad that I'll never see him again.